Street Radio. This is your boy Jimmy Kendrick Street Radio, aka Cut a Check, aka Jesus Brothers, aka I'm all for the people. We right here, we rockin' live with my boy Chip General, self-motivated podcast. You want to know is, you know, what was it like growing up for you, man? Well, I'll be honest, I was raised just my mom. Five kids, my mom, she took care of us, helped us down. My dad, we all have the same parents. You know, he left. And um, so, you know, living in the projects, Ocean Village, Far Rock, Howard Avenue, Queens, Jamaica, um, New York City, you know, it was no different from what was going on in the entire community, you know, just in the period, what was what was going on, you know, around me, you know, welfare, and, uh, just just trying to make it, you know, single mom trying to do the best she can, you know, and, uh, you know. But the one thing that I think that was really key in in my environment was the fact that she kept us in church and kept us around God and. Uh, instilled that heavily in my fa- in my family and and I think that's been the the fact that you know, as of now. That and the fact that I was introduced to music through church, playing in church, um, me and my brother. So I think that was a, definitely a big factor. And that's been since we were born, you know. I've been playing drums since I was two years old in church, so that makes I think thirty seven years since I've been playing drums. Big man, that's big. Yeah, you know, growing up in Queens, New York, explain the feeling being nominated, you know, for six Grammys. You know, coming from Queens, you know, growing up on welfare and just turning it around and being nominated for six Grammys, man. Well, um, nominations is great. You know, the artists that I work with, all of them have been able to produce records, have been able to win Grammys, and it's been great to be to be involved with. not just any nominations, but even just with um, actually being able to say that I've performed at the Grammys, you know, um, which is pretty pretty cool as well. Being able to say I've, I've performed at the Grammys with R. Kelly um, when he sung "I Believe I Can Fly," um, uh, that's crazy. ASCAP awards and whatever the success is, you know, multi-platinum success and gold. That that's great. I, Honestly, do I think that any of that was going to come? No. Um, honestly, I think it was just hard work, just working, keeping my head forward, not worrying about the success, working more about the task I had and being motivated and enjoying what I do. And, uh, you know, when when it don't feel like work, you know, <laughs> you love what you do, when it definitely when it don't feel like work, you know. And uh, so being creative, that was just something I was introduced as I was a little boy playing drums and singing in church. And to do it for a living is, is a blessing. You know, it's just extra. You know, so plaques and all that success, that's nice. But it, it plaques just hang on walls just like, you know, awards just sit on stands, collect us, you know. But it's a blessing. But still just motivation to keep going. That's all. That's you know self motivation. Yeah, all day. And as you know, that was my next question. You know, pretty much, how did you get into music? You know, how long have you been producing? 
Oh, I've been producing records um, for when I came off tour from from touring. Uh, I think what 2001 or something like that. My boy Nokia from Drew Hell, he gave me an MPC and uh, gave me my first MPC drum machine. And um, even before that, I was exposed to it. And because my uncle Brian, Uncle Bugs, as we call him, he you know he's one of the hitmen, so bad boy, Uncle Bugs, yeah. So he introduced us to Jamaican beats. So I was watching, watching him make beats for the hitmen. And, you know, that was a great experience. And then my, my sister, Kelly Price, she, um, working with her was, that was our like, first experience in working with the industry and seeing how it works, being able to go on the bad boy tour and see how Puff and Mason all them killing the locks. Like these experiences as kids was, it was rare for the age we was in because we were still in high school trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, so we were, we were motivated. At a very early, early age, my mom, she instilled that work ethic, and that's always, I think that's always applied to my life. If I never did any music, I think if I was an attorney, I would want to be the best attorney. Um, if it was something else, I think I would want, it's just, it's something that you, it ain't something that's put in you, it's just born in you, it's something you gotta just work to, work to be. You gotta either just be or not be. Some people are not motivated. They have all the potential in the world, but they're not motivated. It's for nothing. So I feel you on that one, man, and that's big out here today. Yeah. Now, you know, coming up, what was some of your musical influence, man? What inspired you to... You know? Oh, man. Well, see, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a church head, but I love jazz, you know, like Miles Davis, um, all like uh, Chikoria, uh, all the jazz groups that you could think of, George, uh, George Duke, um, it, those type of group, groups were just um, amazing to me. In that condition, you know what I mean? I loved, um, I like, well, I played, you know, opera. We've, I've done a lot of jazz. I play as a, as a drummer. So we, anything, instrumentation, we loved. The Beatles. Anything. There's really no genre that I'm not open to, to listening to or trying or haven't heard. Of. So I think that's really sharpened my ear and my love for music. It's just it just made me really want to, you know, want it to be something that I could do for a living. Nah, that's, you know, gotta take my hat off to you for that, man. Come on, man. You know how we, you know how we do, man. For sure, sure. man. Coming up. Now your now your first major placement was with, with Kelly Price, you know, that's your sister. Yeah. You know I think the, the I think the first one really away from her was the Jay Z record. I did it my way. I did it my way. Yeah. And what, what was that like, man? What was what was the story behind that record? Oh, that was a great record. Big shout out to Uncle Chuck. Big Chuck drama family out in LA. Um but he's really from Brooklyn, from out here. Um, he, you know, him and James, they know each other very well. Big Chuck, once again, he held down, Dr. Dre held down Eminem over Aftermath. So he had access to a lot of different places. And I, I did this one record, I heard this song, I loved it, heard it. I sampled it, Paul Inca record. And I did it my way, flipped it in my basement, in my, my little apartment I had. I was selling beats to, you know, 
pay my little rent. Yeah, I remember, I remember that record done, man. Fellas, we need to hear the backstory behind that, man. Got it. Got it. I got it over the truck one day. At this time, I was still, like, doing hard jobs, you know, paying, uh, you know, I was hoisting milk down in the basements in, in uh, Queens, you know. And then I got a page from um, Chuck. No, I got a page from somebody. Some, you know, this one we had two-way pages, which is, which is pretty cool. And he's like, come to Baseline Studios. I want to record this record, such and such. SC. I'm like, I don't know who the hell is SC. I don't know. The, I don't know anybody. SC. So I'm down there hoisting milk. And then I guess I took too long to respond back. And the Chuck calls me like, Yo, did anybody call you from a? I'm like, yeah. So I told him the message. He's like, Nah, nigga, go to Baseline, nigga. That's Jay Z. Like Jay Z. And I'm like, Hold on. S Sean Carp oh my God like damn makes sense so I had yeah it came back together so I ended up um, had to tell my man I gotta leave man I hope you don't mind hoisting that milk down in that basement and I got over there and met Jay he was a professional cool person classy person class act you know what I mean and that was a great experience. Vibing with him in the studio, going through records, then recording the record. That was that was a great experience for me, you know, just to see how professional do it. Mm-hmm. But he had he had a, but he had a story before he got to be Jay Z. You know what I mean? No, he definitely did. And he treated me like like a he treated me like a you know like a real like like I'm just like Swiss cheese. Anybody else that came in there, and I I respect that. Mm-hmm. Over to God, man. You gotta, you gotta respect that, man. Yeah. I ain't, that, that record, that record right there. When I heard that record, man, I, yeah. I was on repeat heavily, and I ain't even, you know, know, you know, know who the producer was at the time. But that dog, that record right there was straight oh, heat, man. That was that shit took a lot to um, clear. Yeah, I, I tell you that, boy. The record label was <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> Frank Sinatra was in his grave, like nigga, you gonna pay me? The facts. You gonna give me that motherfucker? You gonna pay up my money? Now hell yeah, with so much politics, but the whole thing was regardless of the politics, I knew I was gonna probably take a a loss, you know, politically. But honestly, it worked because the record was was a great record, and I wasn't trying to fight. I wasn't trying to like get making a big deal about money. You know what I mean? My biggest thing is I need to get myself established. Some producers fight over the amount of money and lose out on the situation rather than take advantage. So when that happened, it, that made me turn into other records right after that. You know what I mean? It went from that record to to the uh, Little Zane record album that I did. Did like three on that, which was pretty dope. Yeah, that was, was next, yeah that, was, that was my next question, too. Um, yeah. For those not familiar with the Street Radio family, and the family business brand, you know, what? who are some of the artists you produce for? You know, what what, what records are you all responsible for? Uh, Jay-Z, uh, Wonderful, R. Kelly, Ja Rule, Ashanti. I did, uh, like, uh, I did the, also the uh, quarter single right on the R.U.L.E. Ja Rule album. I did probably a lot of that album. Um, Ashanti, Concrete Rose, which went multi-platinum. Ja Rule's album went uh, platinum, I believe. Um, Lori, I've done 50 Cent, um, I like the way she do it single, I did Shine, Jimmy Choo single, one way he's in the video, 
in jail and Asante's on it. Um, I've done Wu-Tang. Um, I've done Tupac. History. I've done, uh, did Biggie, the remix album we did. Freaking, oh, I've done Prodigy. I've done, you know, Rest in Peace. Um, Havoc. I've done The Locks. I've done, uh, Ace Hood. I've done DJ Khaled. Count? No, yeah, it's really count. Really count. <laughs> I've done a bunch of records, man. Like, I've done a bunch, bunch of, of shit. The um, TV jingles, I'm sure, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Now, I remember the record with um, Bone Thugs on, that, on Full Surface. That album went um, platinum. Um, shout out to my boy Steve Lobel for hooking us up with that in the Scope record. Um, man, listen, I did the change going to come. Um, let my eye album, I did a bulk of that on uh, I did Jada Kiss. Uh, oh man, there's a bunch of people. I'm just a bunch of people. Single too. Um, every, I mean, I'm Patty LaBelle, Kelly Price, Tamia, <laughs> um, Destiny's Child. I'm starting to look on my wall to see what plaques I have hanging up. Um, I've, I've done, I've done what? Lots. Um, freaking my boy, uh, uh, what's my nigga name? Philly Freeway, uh, my boy Sparks. Uh, a lot of history, Sparks. man. A lot of history I'm, down I'm, on that I've list. Been, I've been down. I've been up. Uh, Charlie Wilson. I've also toured as a drummer for the Gat Band, Charlie Wilson. Um, oh, Yummy Bingham. Oh, this still nigga named um, Chip the General. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Fucking man, bro. Listen, bro. Any kids listening to this? Look, I hope they got a bleep, okay? Because I don't, I wanna, I don't want y'all to be listening to my words, okay? All right, let me make sure y'all don't be hearing my cursing too much, okay? <laughs> be good. So now, being now, yes. now, how how important is branding, man? Being being a you know an artist and a, a brand yourself, how important is that? Well, people only gonna know you by your sound. They only gonna know you by uh, who you build yourself out to be. As a producer, if I if I try to, I don't want any artist coming to me saying, I want one of those trap sounding beats, or I want a Timberland sounding beat. I'm gonna say then go to Timberland and get the beat. I want them to say, when I'm coming to Jimmy, I'm coming to Jimmy Kendrick because I want that Jimmy Kendrick sound. Right, y'all. That when people start to respect that, then you know that people understand what how strong their brand is. And branding is everything. Everything we do in marketing, in the marketing world, in corporate America, in TV, the bulk of TV and commercials, everything is branding. The more people see it or they hear it. Well, if it's true or not, people may believe it, and people are going to want to know more. So, you know, Drake is not moving around selling Drake, and Drake is selling Drake, and everything that comes underneath all that is Drake is the umbrella. He's the brand, and everything he attaches himself to will either fail or succeed. depends on him, on the brand, the main brand, you know. The Toronto Raptors, don't want to want him to be an ambassador for no reason. They believe in his brand. They believe his brand can benefit them selling tickets. People coming to see Drake sitting on the sidelines. 
that accounts for something, you know? Right. Well, nah. he just say he sold, what did he say? Oh, he made a billion downloads or a billion hits, something on Spotify, something? Spotify, yeah. That's never been done before. Like, he's, that's, that's a strong-ass friend, man. Yeah, I ain't gonna hold you that. I know, shit, I'm I'm playing that, I'm playing it every day, so I know. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting through the day, you get a stream, you know, a couple of streams. They say a, a certain amount of plays on your streams equal one album sale. Yeah. Which is, that's, you know, that's big. I mean, we sold records back then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We were, like, the plaques on my wall are not, like, plaques of, like, people who sold um, 10 million downloads of a song. Like, no. I dealt with artists in like 50s and I remember that. They did 10 million records. And right. the records cost about $25. We do the numbers. And then you see why those, why the record labels really made out like a fat rat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of them just got fucked up with their budgets and shit because they didn't recoup. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah, like it used to be million, million dollar motherfucking yeah. video budgets, and yeah. now you could just go get your camera, was, shoot your son, yeah, throw it online. And, and throw it online. Now it's fucking 360s all around the house, nigga. You want to mm-hmm. deal 360, we want a piece of everything. Because we know your ass is going to be online, YouTube doing this and that. So mm-hmm. we want a piece of everything. You hit that stage, when they give you something, make sure there's a check cut to us, too. I'm looking at this Jay-Z commercial right now as we speak, where he's, he has his album, and, and he's advertising his album. Yeah, his album, his album his, through Tidal and... Tidal and Sprint. Sprint, yeah. That's the brand. I'm looking at the video right now as we're talking. That is, that is branded at his best. <laughs> and then he did one album, uploaded it with Samsung. I remember that, too, which mm-hmm. is crazy. And then he's in control the situation. He's in control of us from seeing it or hearing it. You got to get a Sprint number. Sorry, give me this. If you ain't with Sprint, fuck you. You don't mm-hmm. get the album first. So now yep. you got these idiots rushing over the, trying to change his service over the Sprint. Sprint, just Come to get on, the man. album. Just to get the Come album. Come on, man. Come on. I know it. I'm not <laughs> mad at that. The brand is true. It's strong. You're right about that. It is what now. it is. Now, you know, how did the whole Murder, Inc. situation come about, man? You remember how that whole well, played Murder, out? Inc., yeah, but that 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 came about through good mutual friends, people that know me from, from the neighborhood when I was living on Farmers and on Jordan Avenue. Uh, my aunt's house over there. And, you know, like, nigga was fat. Um, my boy, V.O., H.M.Y., uh, just my boy, uh, Rad, you know, people that I know from the neighborhood, and I was making beats from the neighborhood, not so much from the neighborhood, I was selling beats to people in the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> local rappers and stuff, and yeah, you know, yeah. people start asking, people start, I guess they start getting around, and my CD starts spreading around, and at that time, I was frizzling my CD, you want to take a CD, so my music was getting all over the place, and then... I guess somehow they got CDs got over to them and they somehow Java took like for the blood my album they took like seven records off of a CD that went on his album. So they so they had to find the whose producer was that produced all these records and that's when people start popping up at the house looking for me and 
And I still got nervous because I know who it was. <laughs> One day everything's normal, nigga. The next day people, six foot eight people coming in the house and shit, and coming to see. Like, I ain't never done no, I, come on, I ain't never did no prison time. You crazy? And I swear I ain't got no, I ain't done no crime. Right. So who's coming to my house? You know, coming up looking for me. Then long story short, you know, it was them and then, from there, it was just like, yo, you got to come to the studio. Irvin, I want to meet you. That was that. That's just something, man. Well, we go see them out. My own, you know, in, in-house deal. And you know, that's just a wrap. Back to the studio. And what was, you know, what was the studio session like? At the, it was called oh. the Crack House, right? Yeah, it was, you know, session. My, oh, my sessions were pretty good because, you know, they would be on the fifth floor. I was on the fifth floor, the original floor where they had the bullet holes on the wall, which, which was originally the main room. They didn't have two floors. So when they got the, the next floor up, and I I took that downstairs floor, and I just, it was like a factory. You know, coming at 5, 6 in the afternoon, car couple all the way until like 4 or 5 in the morning, go home. Because at that time, my son KJ was being born, my first son. Take care home, and I'm back up there like a factory, like a job, cooking more drink. And how I knew what was being placed was because when I would go home that next, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, Irv would come in whenever he came in, and the first thing he would do was come down to, to where I was at, to where I was working. And then he would start to listen to have the engineer to listen to all the records I've been doing. And as he would hear records, he would just say, yep, that's going upstairs. Yep, that's going to Shanti. Yep, that's going to Rose. Yep, that's going to this. Yep, that's going to Next morning, next day I come in, I just hear them up there recording the record. Oh, shoot. That's different, so, man. Yeah. I started, I was like, okay. And a lot of them started having hooks on them. You know, like I would sing hooks to them, so. Because I just knew if I made the beat, I know how I heard it. So yeah. They would, when they heard the hooks, they, I, you know, I guess they liked them and they took them. So I hear Sonny singing hooks, singing my, my hook, my song. And that was a great feeling for kids from from Hollis, Queens. You know, from my little five kids here. You know what I mean? Nothing special. Right. It's a prayer, you know, and a, and a, and a will. You know what I mean? So, to take you to that next level, level, man. Yeah, yeah. self-motivated. Put that self-motivated in me. You know what I mean? So, and, and, you know, and, and you know, mm-hmm. definitely, man. And we appreciate you. you know all the history you done did for the game, man. So you I'm know, you, you always you were going any club and really spend a whole Jimmy Kendrick mix, man. We're gonna be like on July eighth. I'm doing a showcase. I'm doing my first showcase called the Producers Academy Showcase in yeah. New York City. So if anyone is in New York City. Any producers from Dallas want to come on out to New York City? Holler at me. Come on out and let's sit there and have a great show. And um, you can producers academy uh, showcase at Gmail. Um, definitely check that out, man. The producers yeah. academy program, man. For all yeah. the producers looking for something, man. Cause yeah. I definitely want to, you know, shed light on that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, to my kids, to the graduates of 2017, I just want to shout y'all out. Uh, I didn't tell him in the interview, in this interview, but I also teach. Um, I help and I work with high school kids, and I help get them graduated for school. So it's coming around June, and I just want to shout out my graduating class of 2017. And um, 
I wish much more success to you guys and look forward to the next bunch of kids that we're going to get them to the next hurdle. Get them to come make, the, make them high school graduates. Salute, salute to the class of 2017, man, from the Self-Motivated Podcast. Self-Motivated Podcast. Stay motivated, man. All day, man. If you ain't self-motivated, I can't help you. <laughs> now, now, you worked on, man, Jaru and Ashanti's albums, you know, Lloyd's album back in the day. What was, like, what was the feeling like during them days, man? Like, what was it really like? During well, them days, it, it it's different for now because a lot of these artists now, they're not even in the same studios nowadays. They send verses and, you know, you send Proto's verse over to L.A. to here. Like, holy shit, I'm saying, Jay-Z uh, and Daru and Asante and Lloyd, um, be, like being in, actually in the studio with, with the, the vault with all of Tupac's masters, like that stuff is like crazy. Linking up with Bone Thugs and Homies, like we, I worked with them. I literally was in yeah, the studio. Yeah, like, back in the day, it was different. You had to really sit yeah. there, you know, get your job, job done. Just sitting yeah, there, the cohesion, the cohesion was it, it was a, it was like a vibe. Like I see why Jay Z wanted. He could have just recorded the record by himself. He's Jay Z. He don't need me. You know what I mean? Like funny story about that too. When he was recording the song. And he's right, he started recording, and I think engineer hit the, stopped it. Like, he thought, Jay said, stop. And Jay was like, like if I tell you to stop, why don't you stop it? You know what I'm Crazy, I don't know what I'm doing. And he literally went and killed the whole record. You know what I mean? that shit. But I see why he wanted, I say that to say, like, I see why he wanted these, to meet me. He wanted to feel the energy. Because I was the one that made that record, so he kind of wanted to get in my head and and figure out what, what I was thinking when I made it. When you made the record. Just to feel my energy. Because, like, like, I'm sitting next to Jay-Z. Like, I'm sitting there just kicking it with him. But I, I wasn't, like, like groupy. I was just more, like, I I, my, I was more humble knowing that he, of all people for the album, he wanted me to be on the album. You know what I mean? That was, that was like, that wasn't supposed to happen. An hour before that, I was on a milk truck, hoisting milk downstairs in Queens. You know what I mean? So, no, like, everything that happens. Well, reason a rapper who's, you know, turned into the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just I just heard about that the other day. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, That's amazing. Crazy. Amazing, y'all. That's amazing. So, it's, it's it's a great feeling. And I and I wish every person that goes through this today, like, give back. They don't. Keep the experience to share it with people. You know what I mean? Share it. Like I share my stories and my life. As you know, I don't have anything else, you know, to share. So to help someone, or, or, you know, help someone from not, from making a mistake, prevents them from, and it was all worth it. You know. Now we usually take a question from our listeners, man, and one of the listeners wanted to ask this question, and he said. Being a Murder Inc. producer, what was it like, you know, producing a record for 50 Cent at the time with all the G Unit and uh, Murder Inc. beef going on, man? Well, during that time, well, I the the beef with Ja and 50 was something that, like I say, we you know, it wasn't planned. It wasn't something that I even knew about. 
I'm not much. I don't get involved with beats and stuff like that. I'm a producer. Like I make music. That, that's my job. That's what I do. Now, when I was with uh, Murder Inc., I was exclusive. I didn't produce things like anybody else. You know what I mean? The entire time I was exclusive and I worked just for them. Yeah. And once that time was up, you know, they approached me. You know, that came at a time way after. They approached me about the record. And, and what was I supposed to say? Saying no. I mean, it was it was a big club record. Yeah, it was a great it was a great situation, and there's no I, I don't have no issues with anybody. Nobody has no issues with me. You know, I both help people. You know, have a successful project, I guess. You know, so yeah. At the end of the day, that stuff I think is is that's not something that producers even think about or worry about. Um, but even when I was exclusive, I never went outside of. When I was family, yeah. with with it, right, exactly, and even now, like if they ever need anything, I'm I'm right there, you know what I mean? So that's pretty. Yeah. You know, matter of yeah. fact, y'all like the Irv. Yeah, that was. You know, I just want. I definitely wanted to know what was your uh, relationship like now with Irv, good, John, good. and the rest of the rest and you know, Shanti and the rest of the family. It's good. It's good. I just, you know, um, I haven't been really in the industry heavily like that as much. I've been. I've been more into education, um, but I speak to him all the time. I spoke to Irv probably last week. He told me about, you know, working on some stuff. And Chris, everything is good. I speak to Chris all the time. Uh, ja, everything is good. I mean, I see they, they, everybody's doing their thing, doing what they got to do. You know, whenever I get up, I we get up. And it's all love. That's uh, always that's be that. murder. But I, I cannot. Come on, we make great, we make great records. We help feed each other's families. You know, we did what we, well, you know, did what we, what, what y'all was set out to do. What we set out to do. Yeah. And the only thing that really messed it up, I'll be honest with you, was this. It was the fifty. It was a federal investigation. Yeah. Once, once money shut down and they shut up all accounts, and everything just got crazy. You know. Can't can't do much, but had but even during that time they had we already got plaques, you know, just off of the, the the motion that was the thing that already was coming. We already had plaques, plaques. so oh, had they not had they not shut things down, it would have got way crazy. It would way crazy. Yeah, definitely would have, man. <laughs> but it's it's cool because people. Was, I'm still I'm still hearing the music on the radio. I'm still hearing the music. I'm still hearing, you know, it's, it's good. it feels good to know that when music can be played now, years after, and it's like, wow, Tom, hell yes, hell yes, feels good. And I see that, you know, I see they relaunch your Murdering Brain, you know, definitely we expect to see, can we expect to see a part of any of that? Uh, we should, hopefully, I, I see why not. I see why not, I, you know, you never know, you never know. And I you know, you've been in the game a long time, man. You've been around a lot of people. What you know, what what's your most memorable, my wildest moment you can remember coming up in this industry? Um, I was gonna say the time my uncle Chuck said, told Jay Z, You ain't making no money, nigga. Let's go. Let's go back to the studio. I'm not even gonna use that. 
Probably, honestly, but okay, Patty LaBelle. I probably miss Patty. She went and cooked a whole meal for me. This is before I knew that, that she was freaking ill. Like, she could cook, <laughs> have a cookbook for shit. I don't know the motherfucker was that nice, you hear me? She cooked me the motherfucking spread of life in the studio. You hear me? Yam, studio. chicken, ham, mac and cheese, rice, rice and peas, string beans, broccoli with cheese. I was like, good God, and then came with the dessert. Like, she oh, knew what man. she was doing. And oh, it, it was man. crazy. Then she went and kicked back. This was supposed to be a session. You're supposed to be working on her album. <laughs> and then she kicks back. Takes over there cooking off. up in the studio, kicking up, man, kicks building back. a mem- building a Pull, moment. Lay back, kick back with me. Pulls a wig off, kick her feet off. Bunions. Pops a corona <laughs> with me. And we just chilling. Like, hold on. This is not this isn't Solange. This is Patty the Queen. LaBelle, dog. Patty Royalty LaBelle. And it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. And then we went and cooked up two dope records for her album. So it was a great feeling. Just actually, that was a great feeling that I could say it. That's, that's a crazy. That's, that's, that's probably one of our most memorable moments on the Self Motivated Podcast, man. Yeah, for that's real, kind of, for real. Did, you, did you think that that's, that's me it, to go man. and learn how to cook? Yeah. No, it sure didn't. Until they say I can't cook a lick. <laughs> so this is the message to the future. Shout out to the, shout out to the great Patty Bell, man. I need I need I need one of them good old pies, ma. Give me I need Bro. me a pie too. Hook me up, Patty. Let's go. <laughs> no, you time, know, baby. What what's your thoughts on on the music industry today, man? Well, I love. I, honestly, I'm not gonna hate on the music industry. I actually think that this is what this is how it's evolved. You know, let's boom back more. Boom, 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 some auto tune or whatever, whatever. And then at the same time, you see, you see a percentage where it's starting to come back. Like real good quality music is coming back. You know, the chance the rapper is coming back with just Kendrick Lamar's. You know, my boy Davies is starting to come and make some noise. You know, like the music is starting to come back in many, many forms, in different ways. You know, of course, it's some. Of, it seems like copycat, mm-hmm. but it, like I say once again, there's still room for everyone to eat. It all depends on how strong your brand is. So, the stronger your brand, the more you're you going to eat. The more you're going to eat. You have. Exactly. I'm. I'm just. You know. It's just how hard you want to how hard you want to go to get it to get there, you know. So. Now, now you responsible for one of Sean's biggest hits today, man. What yeah. was the process of getting that whole record done? You know, with him being incarcerated and everything. That, wait, that was crazy because Def Jam had the uh, Def Jam had uh, at the time what was they paying twenty five million for the the imprint with Gangland and Def Jam. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then after that, he he was locked in, he was locked in before, even before that. So they had all these masters with all these vocals that they wanted to turn into a record. They wanted for $25 million. Damn, we better, get a, we better find someone that could turn that shit into a single. So, you know, he started giving the vocals to 
producers, you know, like the established producers at the time, the big names, and none of them was, I guess none of them was able to turn, back, turn, it, turn, turn it in. Because, you know, they had to prove it by shine, they had to prove it by death care. And then it, it got, it's like somehow they found, of course, at the time, Earl was killing them. So they said, Earl, Earl was hot. You know, freaking, we had wonderful, we had, we had a lot of stuff going. So they started calling Earl, like, Earl, you hot. And you go, you, know, you, you, back, you right in that chair. Let's send you the vocals, you know what I mean? You know, Earl, he, you know, somehow I got the vocals. And I was, you know, they want to put something together so I can come up with. So I took the vocals, locked in with a guitar player, and then I went to work. By the time that night was done, next day, I think the next day I came in late. <clears throat> but I didn't heard the record already. He had, he had heard the record. He had already got it to Doug Sam. Got to him early, shine him early. Like the next day, you know, like it's like nigga, like they, they, they took the, they took it for another thing, and I was left with that like, how much you want, and it was done. So, you know, the good thing was that's not the other good thing when you're doing in-house and you're under a producer such as Herb or you know, a person his name such as Herb, because the fee that Herb was giving me. The record label wasn't the fee I would have normally just got. The 10, sure. 15, 15 20000 I would have got. You know, Earl could easily get a $150,000. Especially because they were in heavy need of a single. So it worked out. Everybody made some paper, got another single. And then the dope thing is after that, me and Sean got real cool. Because then he called me up to, um, he called me up to uh, Rikers at the time when he was being held, mm-hmm. which was crazy. And that was a story. I didn't know until, you know, well, I, I had to stop mine. I had been locked up before I've been in Rikers. But, see, <laughs> uh, I went, got to go up there to see Sean. Yeah, but we had to go up there and go see him. It was, it was, it was just weird. You know, like, I didn't know where he wanted. I didn't know why he wanted to talk to me. But Sean is a very smart person. But, you know, sometimes it's like, I'm not going to Rikers. I was like, hell no. His one that was running away, I mean, you got to go, you want to speak to you, such and such. Which I understand, which is kind of like the same way as when Jay-Z wanted to you know, come up to the studio. You know what I mean? Because he just wanted to see the person, who the person was that made the record. Who turned the joint into a record. Yeah, who made it happen. Yeah, so. But when we met, he was real cool. We got we were very cool. And he's a smart person. And I remember that he came out shackled up and put us in a small room. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm at the time didn't really know too much about Sean like that. I don't even remember him from Bad Boy when it was, he had like the bit more going on. And, and he, he had like marks on his face. He had got to a fight or something like crazy. Like, the hell? You know, he was like, I was playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you playing basketball. That's how y'all play? Okay. Sorry, I played that boy. Since then we got real cool, and it was and it was from then it, it was weird. You know, get a, you know, get a call from Sean. He have a phone in there. He's like, "What the heck? Call me from inside?" And he wanted to know about the 
sending me vocals and masters. That was pretty cool. I mean, that was a pretty cool experience. Like I could say, man, that's pretty weird. Yeah, you know, stuff that I never really tell. I never told people a lot of these stories. Does anybody have, you know? Yeah, never, I never, was, never really cared about, you know. But it's, you know, it's cool to see people that. Yeah, it's just a story like you. Yeah, just been across the world and with yeah. some of the biggest artists, artists and with today's genre and generation. You know, some of these kids not really knowing who these artists are. You know, because. We was having, I was having a conversation on one of my past episodes, and we was talking. I was explaining how a kid was trying to tell me Nas was whack, and, and yeah, like he listens to Mozzie. And I was just like, yo, you don't even know who Nas is. Oh and then, the, but the crazy thing is, today I'm I'm over here. I just today, you know, as I'm sitting down with the kid, I'm with one of his older folks, and he's telling me, yeah, Nas, Illmatic. I saw, damn, I can understand. I've had this conversation too. He was like, yeah, Jay Z, American, American Gangster, what, Blueprint 1, 2, 3? Come oh, on, man. man. But Come I was just on, like, man. it's crazy. I was like, you must be older because you know who these people are. And right. I'm, I'm talking to somebody 19, 20, he don't even know who the fuck Nas is, which is crazy. He don't know, yeah. he don't know a Jay Z song, which is crazy. I so it's good. It's good. It's good to get these type of stories and get this out there because people need to know all the yeah. four, where, where it all came from. That's why in the yeah. past episode we had like Scott LaRock's son. Just to oh, see where all this shit started. Yeah, yo, it's so crazy. Like somehow there's like a split between like the old and the new. Like a like a somehow a, a gap or somewhere. 1918, and you can't connect to Jay Z or Nas. It's somehow you, you, there's a disconnect up in there somehow where, and it's funny because I see why a lot of older generation they only trying to get no respect to these young kids, but mm-hmm. these young kids don't know better. They picking up in, from whatever they thought was, you know, was it's still their expression. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is how they choose to express themselves. If they want to wear makeup and do whatever and stuff and do whatever, do whatever type of dances, that's that's still let them do that. Is it is it a hit record that you're gonna hear about ten years from now? Hell no, no. But then you got those that got those records like Amigos that got that that one record, Bad and Bougie. Mm-hmm. That record will be a record, a record that will be remembered years from now for a long time. Anytime they play in the club, they don't remember that. that uh, Puma, we have Puma on Black Ink. He said the same shit like you know Amigos and the box. We have former middleweight champion. Uh, Peter Quillen, you said the same thing. Oh. Amigos, that record right there, Bad and Bougie. It transcended. It transcended to a pop a record. Mm-hmm. It, it, it turned in, into a pop record. It did like how Jay-Z, I did it my way, like took it because it was the perfect, perfect record, Bad and Bougie. But it's it got such a great response. It, it took them from being just a bunch of country niggas because now I'm going to start the fucking... Katy Perry, and who the fuck I hear as the feature with her? Amigos. The fuck? Katy Perry featuring Amigos? Amigos. Not your goddamn mind. Good Lord. They said Quavo got 10 Billboard records out right now? Good God. This is crazy. Now, you know, you, you, you produced a lot of records. You know, what was your favorite record you produced? You know, who's your favorite um, artist to work with? The favorite, uh, the favorite 
artists I enjoy to work well, I just enjoy working with all of them, honestly. It was actually a great experience to work with all of them. Um, aside from Chip the General, um, <laughs> what do I say, Jay-Z? I think that, that was a great session, but he didn't cook me no spray out, no spread. You know, he didn't cook me no spread. It wasn't food. a Patty LaBelle spread, so no. No, but I can't even give it to Patty. You know, maybe it's R. Kelly. Oh, I remember one time we we went and played basketball with R. Kelly right there, like the night before the Grammys, and then he took us out to um to dinner and we ate in Spurs and I'm like, OD'd or oh, I'm fooled because <laughs> he was paying for it. He <laughs> <laughs> got money, Cal. Yep. And your favorite record, man? You got one? Oh man, I, I was like, Jesus. Um. Uh, maybe a Tupac record? Mm. That's big, man. Yeah, man did you get Tupac record? Did you get to see the movie All Eyes on Me, man? No, I did not get to see it. And one of the characters is a friend of mine, but I never got to see it. And I keep hearing all these different opinions. And I'm like, man. Yeah, I got it. Because I'm hearing the family didn't even like once. once yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to get out there and see it, though, man. I mean, it think? wasn't... I mean, you can't portray pop, but, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they, right. As what it, what it is, I felt they had to relate more to the younger generation for shit, mm-hmm. like I said, just like shit like with Nas and Jay-Z and, you know, stuff like that. Uh-huh. They, they got to sit in... Put, you know, adapt to what's going on with the new generation. So the newer, younger kids, you know, like some shit like that. Right. And they right. still get to see kind of what what transpired through Pac's life, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some that's of it got to be, you know, and that's, I guess that's what, I, what it is. But, it, you know, it worked for me. You know, I'm a big Pac fan. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like to see that they, you know, trying to keep the legacy alive. And, you know, to say that the family don't like it, it was really, you know, him and, and then you know his his mom, you know, and, you know his sister. But yeah, just, you know we got to mix opinions because you know Snoop say this and then Jada say that. But either which way I say, get out. People will have opinions no matter what. Yeah, you know what what it is. You feel me? So just yeah, I'm, I'm I, I guess to get out there and support it and check it out and just totally see agree. where yeah, see where 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 they you know where they, where they went wrong, where they Please. did they right oh. and shit like that. Shoot, if you if, if niggas go out there and support, what's that that movie? Get out. Yeah, if you go support, get out. I mean, if you don't support that movie, support that movie was ill. You feel me? Go, so go see it was pop. Ill. Okay, so you go see pop then. So, get out. Now, now, uh, coming up, I know you you know worked on a lot of hardware, you know, to create your beats. So, you know, are you big on, do you, you know, use software or, or just hardware? Well, you it's, funny, it's funny because I really, I've just used hardware. I mean, when I did a lot of those records with Jay and them, that was just NPC and keyboards. I mean, luckily I'm able to play a little bit so I can make beautiful sample loops. I can create my own loops. Um, but as I, as I got further now, I realized so much stuff that, that I was doing, 
like me, I like to heal on my drum pads. I like to, I'm a drummer, so I'm going to, of course, going to want to heal on the pads. But they just click over, click, 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 and they just do it that way. It don't matter. It, and this is what I tell people. It's, one, the first rule in music is there is no motherfucking rule, okay? And two, it ain't about the gear. It's about the ear. So whatever you use, I don't care if it's Fruity Loops or a 10,000-piece orchestra, it's about what, what you hear. It's about what you hear. And whatever equipment you use to get what you hear out. You know what I mean? I've seen kids, like, like I may do it a little bit now. I don't use a lot of software, but I use, I incorporate it into what I do, as well as with my with the fact that I play live instruments. So I just incorporate everything. But especially also because I, I do everything, R&B, pop, anything, uh, African booty scratch music, it don't make a difference. I do it. You feel me? I can play bongos on the pans, pots and pans. Live on the set, y'all. Live on the set with the pans, the pot and the fry pan, right there in Jimmy's kitchen. Uh, Don't have it. I use definitely. But whatever it is that you do, master what you whatever it is that you have, and make the best out of it. Less is more nowadays. It don't require a lot to happen now. The more simple, the better for people. But then sometimes people just become copycats. You have no originality, you know? So whatever you need, like Irv used to always do, Irv, you know, you need money from Irv, you better have some work putting in that work. But if you ever need to get more equipment, oh, hell yeah, hey, here's a card. Because if that one piece of equipment you buy, and that piece of equipment is three, $4,000, if it, if it makes the right, the right record, if it makes one record and it turns into a hit, they'll pay for that thing about a hundred times. Yeah, a hundred times. <laughs> a thousand times, it pays for it right there. So it's an investment, it's a write-off. And that's what, another thing I learned about business. You need to understand the music business. Just as much as you understand how to make music and understand how to translate contracts and know points and percentages and know what your rights are, what's supposed to be given to you as a producer. People don't know that. So these kids are selling themselves away. They are on YouTube doing something, something type beats, selling yeah, their beats yeah. for 50 cents, having people just run through their, <laughs> run through their damn, they run catalog on YouTube. And you, ain't a, and you ain't, you ain't getting a dime for it. That's the stuff I'm like, this is horrible. You know, it's, it's, it's horrible, but hey, the cream still rises to the top. You know, the more original, and once again, it goes back to what we were talking about. You're as strong as your brand. So you build it, right record, right situation, and things would be a lot different. For sure, definitely, man. Now, I know you know you from Queens, probably mm-hmm. from Queens. Mm-hmm. Got any memories of you know, the Dunpee, man? Mm-hmm. Always a cool nigga. Always laughing, joking around in studio sessions. I got to be at my, my studio session with my boy Axe. Axe Bull out in the 
Astoria, not far from not far from uh, uh, Queens Ridge, and they would be right be in a session. He'd be mad, cool, quiet, but nice. I mean, his voice was just. And I think his his that was a this is like a really big this is a big big loss to to nineties to the to the nineties to when a lot of these kids now you know will never understand how a lot of this came about. You know, this kid just mob deep in that whole sound. It, it was really. It was a very big group, you know what I mean? A big pillar, you know what I mean? In that 90s era. Just like Nas, just like Jay, it was Mob Deep, you know what I mean? Like, you even had Deep for Pop, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, these niggas had pictures on, on, on fucking, you know, summer jam, summer jam, stretching yeah, the tutu, 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 been around a long time, man. Fifty Cent signed them. Like these, these dudes was really heavy. You know what I mean? This was a really big, um, big loss. You know, rest in peace, um, Pete, man. Yeah, definitely. His family to everybody, man. You know, and they have it keep his keep his name going. You know, Queens keep his name going. New York City keep his name. Hip hop, keep his name going. Keep his so. name going, man. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm about to do a remix. I'm about to flip something. Yeah, I already he know got, you, he man. Got some, he got some. He got some. I just got to pick which record. They had so many, so many joints that maybe yeah, was yeah. not even a single, but just if you listen to the body of work, retarded, retarded. Mm. Crazy. You definitely got to look out for those, man. Now, what's what's some advice you can give an aspiring artist, producer, you know, trying to pursue the music game? Um, if you're trying to get money out of this overnight, then you might as well keep your job. Like, this is something you should do. Because if there was never any money, you would want to do it. I mean, like, it's got to be something other than financial that you're looking for. And also understand... Know your direction, know your lane. You know, the more well-rounded, I mean, they don't have to build you up. They don't have to develop you. The easier a record label will. The better, matter of fact, the better your presentation, overall, everything, the easier it is for you to get the attention of labels. But at the same time, in the world where, who, who's saying, Chance the Rapper won three Grammys, yeah, and he's still independent. He is independent. That's big, it's, man. It, that's, if that's, that's not a statement, that's a dagger to the record labels right there. They didn't want that to happen. They, he represented everything other than them. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, he went, he, he done got him a Grammy, three Grammys, he ain't signed that paperwork. Took, took oh, man. He ain't signed no paperwork with. Oh my God! You know, how, you know do you realize why he can say I, I'm gonna donate a million dollars? Million dollars. That's why it's easy to say oh, I can donate a million because shit, I done made it. <laughs> Come on, man. See that? Heck, man. He's smart. Shout out to Mac Miller, man. I say that all the time because he was the mm-hmm. first one with a billboard, cover mm-hmm. a billboard. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. 
But that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Self-motivate. You don't got to motivate them niggas to get up and do what they do. They're going to do what they do. That's, that's self motivated. You don't gotta get my ass up, you know what I mean? I got kids. I'm motivated. I hear these little niggas calling my phone. That's why I'm motivated. I'm motivated. Gotta keep the work going, man. Gotta keep the feet, got mouths to feet, man. Gotta keep the train going. Yeah, gotta keep the going, man. Hell yeah. My mom, she probably, my mom passed away last year, and during that process, I had to learn how to now take everything that she taught me and now now take the family and being one of the oldest kids, now I have to figure out how to keep all her grandkids, all 15 grandkids together. That's That's been my goal. That's been my my setback in heavily being interested in this music industry, which is a mess. So now, um, now that that transition is is still taking this course and I'm grinding. I'm I'm back in the studio more. I'm more motivated. Man, she is my motivation, you know what I mean? She's every bit of motivation. I mean, so now this time around with the music is gonna make the work. That's definitely man. Salute boy. Rest in peace to Mama Love, man. Yeah, it's uh, you know. You so know. Before, you know, definitely wanna wrap it up before we wrap it up, man. What's next for you, man? Well, I'm about to finish and get my get my college degree in a little bit. Salute, salute. And it's something that I wanna do, which is not which is my personal achievement, but also something my mother wanted me to do. So I'll be finishing that up. At the moment, I'm probably like a 3.3, 3.4 average, which I never oh, thought I would, I would do. <laughs> I don't know how the hell I'm doing that, I'm going to tell you. You stay motivated, man. But I'm, but I'm self, it's got to be self-motivated with too much coffee. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> and uh, just, I just want to, like I say, I appreciate everything. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working. I'm trying, man. I'm grinding. You're going to hear a lot coming out. I got a lot more projects coming out. My producer academy showcase is, is about to be really dope because it's the first one of many coming. Um, back in the studio again, working with a bunch of different people. Little Mama, my boy William Young, uh, General Stro Pesci, um, uh, my boy Hattie Rax, uh, back in the studio cooking with uh, my boy Nokio Through Hell. That's my people. Um, back in the studio working on my project again. Thank goodness I'm back in it. Um, and there's a few more surprises, but I'm not going to say that yet until it inks dry. But I will say it's artists that I've worked with before, and it was great records. So I'll leave that one right there. And I am back. So, man, Jimmy Kimmendrick's back in the building, man. He sat down with the Self-Motivated Podcast. That's Grammy-nominated. That's Mota, Moti, Platinum. You know what I mean? Ja Rule, Jay-Z, Ashanti, R. Kelly, Patti LaBelle, you know what I'm saying? motivated. You motivated? I'm motivated, man. All right. Street Radio.